Welcome back to the Girl Scout Troop Leader Experience podcast. I am so excited because Cheryl is back again and we are talking about all things high award and especially gold award. You all know if you have been listening to this podcast that I am extremely passionate about older girl programming and especially about high awards and doing high awards in a high impact way that not only do the projects have a high impact on the community, but they have a high impact on the girls who are involved. So without further ado, let's just do a quick recap in case we have new listeners who are just jumping in on this episode and didn't already get introduced to you. Cheryl, please tell us who you are, where you're from, and how you're involved with the High Awards process. Thanks. So I'm Cheryl Robinson, and I am in Badgerland Council in Western Wisconsin. And I host a podcast called Hearts of Gold, where I interview Gold Award Girl Scouts about their projects, because I am also very passionate on this subject. I have been on my council's highest awards committee for about 15 years, um, helping girls through the Gold Award process and become successful. That is great. Um, So tell me a little bit about how you got involved with the Gold Award, I guess, committee. Like, how do you get involved with that process of of the committee itself? So my path was that I had high school girls that earned their gold awards. So I assisted some of them with the process, including my daughter. My daughter is a gold award Girl Scout. Um, And after doing that and seeing what an impact the gold award really had on these girls and how it changed the girls, I I wanted to be more involved in that and help even more girls achieve that gold award status. And so I talked to my council and I was able to get on the gold award committee. And I have, as I said, I've continued that work um, over the last 15 years. Let's back up a second because I know that a lot of people who listen to this are brand new troop leaders or they're people who know they're going to be taking over a troop upcoming. That's what I hear all the time when I hear from people. So in your words and in your perspective, what are the high awards? What is the gold award and why do they matter? So each of the highest awards, in, is, it is a, a progression just as going from daisies to ambassadors is progression, going from bronze to silver to gold is a progression. And the girls build their skills as they go through the awards. And when I'm explaining to a new troop, um, perhaps of juniors that are considering the bronze award, what I do is I explain the difference, I start with explaining the difference between community service and a take action project. And our journeys are take action projects. They're not community service. And so oftentimes they understand that. Um, But I make sure that not only the troop leader, but the girls understand that community service is doing something for someone. Take action is finding a problem and solving that problem. Um, You may be helping out somebody, but it's because you've identified the problem and created the solution. And then as we talk about bronze, silver, and gold, We talk about how bronze is the first step in the process. It helps you understand how a highest award is different than a take action project, that there are additional components on top of a journey take action project that you need to be aware of. And for example, at bronze, that's, that's creating a project plan. It's creating a team. It's 
in most councils, there is some sort of report, a reflection report that you have to fill out and submit to council. And then when you get to silver, your teams shrink. So in general, you don't want more than three or four girls on a team for silver. So working on the same silver project, that doesn't mean the whole troop can't help out with each project, but the core group that's working on that silver award is no more than three or four girls and four girls is a lot. So I really recommend two or three and girls can work on silver individually if they choose to. And so you have a smaller group, which means each girl has more responsibility. There are more hours regulated to the silver award, more expectations with the silver award. In our council, every again, every council is different. So make sure you check your council's expectations. But in our council with silver, the girls do submit a proposal. It's a one page proposal. It's not very detailed, but they have to submit a proposal to council so that council knows that they're working on their project. And then when they're done, they also each individually submit a reflection sheet. Um, so it's at like a final report to council and the troop leader signs off on it. In our council, the troop leader makes the decision on whether the girls have achieved silver. In other councils, um, there are more formal processes where the councils have to put their stamp of approval on the silver award. But it's that additional step of making sure to plan write up what you plan to do and then reflect on what you did and if you met what your plan was. And then when you get to gold, again, you're expanding. Now you're doing an individual project. That proposal is much more detailed and the final report is much more detailed. Um, at our council and, and most councils, I believe, there is an interview associated with the gold award process and there are more specific requirements within the gold award. So it really is a progression helping you step up. And I've talked to lots of girls that have said that as they've earned the bronze, the silver and the gold that have said they can see looking back that progression and how the bronze helped them with the silver and how the silver helped them with their gold. It helps them build the confidence so that when they get to the gold level that they really have the confidence to really beef it up and be ready to do that gold award. That is a lot of great information. As adult volunteers, um, how can we support girls projects and how can we support their excess, I'm sorry, how can we support their success with these projects? Um, because one of the things that's going through my head as I'm listening to you talk is a lot of those distinctions between take action projects and high awards we can start practicing those things with take action projects all the time. Like that can just be part of, I know my middle schoolers um, in the time of COVID, they're the only ones in my multi-level troop who are still doing virtual meetings with me. The younger girls are all waiting till we go back in person, but the older girls kind of just want to have meetings where we're talking about what's going on in the world whether that's stuff in their communities that they're directly noticing or, or subject matter that I bring to them could be related to a badge. Maybe it's not, um, but they want to talk about big things, big ideas, and they want to plan ways that they can take action regardless of whether it's connected to an award. And so one of the things that we've been able to do is talk about the silver, talk about the, ex they did their bronze, but talk about the expectation, um, the expectations for their silver, and then start implementing those even with their every everyday ideas that they have for ways to take action. But other than that, 
Um, what can we do as adult volunteers, especially while girls are working on their projects? How do we help them and support them so that they can be successful? So again, this does go back to age level progression. So it depends, you know, on which group you're working with, but really be thinking about, are you doing for the girls or are you supporting the girls and them doing for themselves? So for example, a lot of projects at all of the highest award levels and including take action projects might involve going to talk to the city council or whatever the equivalent is in your area. And instead of the adult reaching out and setting up that appointment and doing that, having one of the girls do that. The adult can be standing right there because the adult at the other end may wanna know that there's an adult there supporting this work, um, but really encouraging the girls and stepping back and making sure the girls are taking the actions that need to be taken themselves. You're there, you're their support system, you're helping them identify who they might need to talk to. Um, and again, helping them identify who they might need to talk to, not necessarily saying, and here, you need to now call this person, right? But, but supporting them so that they can be thinking through the problems on their own and figuring out how to do it. Because even at the junior level, um, if you help them do that, then as they get to middle school and are working on silver, and when they get to high school and are working on gold, their confidence is going to be built because now they've they've made that easier local call. And um, so then they're able to have that confidence to reach out to perhaps the next level where they might need to work out to. Because like, for example, with Gold Award projects, a lot of times we have to talk to the state legislature. Well, that's a heck of a lot different than talking to somebody at the city. And if they've had the experience at the city, they've built that confidence and know that when I reach out to this person, I bet you that they're going to respond to me. Yes, I love all of that. And how can we help girls? Because, okay, fun side story again. Um, and I've shared this on this podcast before. When my oldest group of girls went through the bronze award, um, because I do have a multi-level troop. So currently my middle schoolers are sixth and seventh grade, but we started talking about bronze really when my current seventh graders were fourth graders. And so we started, I started introducing the concept of, of the high awards and everything like that um, and, and digging into what that meant with them it, when only half of my current middle schoolers were eligible for bronze. So they did their own and then the next grade down did their own when they became juniors as well. Um, anyways, so one of the stories that I've shared is the first time that I introduced the bronze award um, and we went into brainstorming mode for what problems we might want to solve. I had brought a whole like secret list so that when we went into brainstorming mode, I had ideas that I could inject into the conversation to get their, you know, wheels turning. And what ended up being so funny is I put so much prep work into the, making this like list so that I could kind of like insert, you know, some support. And I definitely did not need it. Once I told the girls what the premise was of what we were doing, they took off with like a ton of their own ideas. And probably they could have come up with hundreds of ideas on their own. They did not need my little secret list. So, but so often we hear, leaders like picking 
ideas or topics or projects for girls. And I know that's really important to you that the girls do it on their own. So how do we help girls who don't know where to start? How do we help girls explore and decide on ideas or problems to solve or what they could do to solve those problems? So I teach a couple of different tools in our, our council training specifically for this. And so one of my favorite tools, just because you get to use colored markers and so it's fun, is mind mapping. And so what I like is I like when we have a big whiteboard and then we just have the girls brainstorm and write up whatever they're thinking about um, regarding problems that they're seeing in their community and then things that are related to those problems. And they just write everything that they can think of up on the board, right? So we give them 15 or 20 minutes to do that. And then what we do is we sit down and we take the colored markers and we circle all the th the girls identify all the things that are related and we circle them in one color. And then we take another color and we find all a different subject and we find all the things that are related to that subject and circle in that color. And what happens is you'll see things that get circled in multiple colors. And generally then that is like a pivot point, like the, the, what can we do with this thing that like, obviously there's all of these different things that relate to this. Um, is there something that, that triggers us when we look at this? Um, or we just, we pick a color, you know, that, that then speaks to the girls after we've thought about it. And we look at all, just look at all the things in that color and see what, what brings that out. But it's, it's really brainstorming. And remember that when you're brainstorming, there is no, no in brainstorming. You just write down anything you think of when you're brainstorming. You, afterwards, you can edit and narrow down. But when you're brainstorming, you write down everything that you can. And then my other key point with mind mapping or other, some of these, I have two other tools that I'll touch on really quick is make sure to save the work because you can then take that work and go back later and remind yourself, um, what you had, because maybe the initial idea doesn't work. And so you have to pivot. Well, instead of starting from scratch with brainstorming, let's take, you know, the ideas that we had and see if something else bubbles up then. Another piece that I do is called star map. I don't, it's not called star mapping. Mapping is the word in my mind, but that's not it, but it's a star and it's a six pointed star. So it's the who, when, how, why, what, and where. And again, you go through that and you take your subject and you write down every who, every single person that's going to be touched by this project, not just the people that are going to get the results, but who you might have to talk to, who you have to work with, you know, who you, you know, if there's regulations, who controls those regulations, um, what organizations may already be doing work towards this, all of those things when you're thinking of who, and then the same thing with the other five points. Um, but again, it's, it's brainstorming and you have to think about everything, not just your end result that you're trying to do. A lot of times what happens is girls pick what they want to do and then try to find a problem to solve with that solution. And that, that's not how a take action project should work. You should find a problem and then find a solution for that problem. Um, and then the last one that I do, and I, I do this with my gold award girls a lot. Um, I, I will often have girls come up to me and say, I just don't know what to do for a project. And 
So, and then I'll use what we use bracketing. And what we do is we have the girls write down all the things that they're good at, all the things that they enjoy, nothing to do with problems that they see, just things that they're good at, things that they enjoy. And then we do a bracket. So we write them in a list and we put one and two against each other. And the girls have to pick which one is better or more interesting to them out of those two. And we go down the list and then now we have the next bracket. So just like a basketball bracket, um, we have the next bracket. And so they do it. So then they get to their top thing that they really like, right? And then we do the same thing with things that they see in the community. You know, what, and, and this isn't necessarily root cause, but what things do you see in the community? You know, do you like, do you, do you see problems at the Humane Society? Do you see problems in the park? Do you see, you know, this? And so then they make up the list of all the problems that they see, and then they pick things that seem more interesting to them um, from that. And then when they do that bracket and they get to a single thing, then they think about what is causing that problem. And then, so then we take that and we go to root cause. But then what we do is once we find a root cause, we think about what we're good at, what we really enjoy, and we make sure that we're using those skills when we're creating our project plan. Because when you're doing, especially when you're doing the gold award, and this is true at bronze and silver also, but especially when you're doing the gold award, you don't want to, there is so much to learn during the process that you don't want to have to learn the basic skills for the project. You're, there are pieces you're gonna have to research and learn but if you like art, you know, use your artistic skills. Don't do a writing project then. Um, you know, if you like music, use musical. Um, let's say you like music, but you don't like dance. I don't know. Um, you know, do something with music. Don't do something with dance then. Um, make sure that you are using the skills that you're good at because there's plenty that you're going to have to learn and that you're going to grow from your project that you don't want to make it hard to do. And plus, if you do some, if you use something that you know that you enjoy, it's going to be more fun to do. Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff in all of that. So thank you for sharing those strategies. Um, another thing that I wanted to add is that a whole idea of keeping the work because maybe you will want to revisit some of those other ideas as you get further along in the process. And I want to add that, especially with girls who are still working in groups whether that's for bronze and it's like the whole troop or for silver and it's maybe like a partner sometimes there are girls who get very emotionally invested in idea, an idea that isn't necessarily a good fit for the whole troop and I also see this with silver and gold with girls who have projects that just they're so attached to emotionally but they aren't necessarily a good fit for that specific silver or gold award guidelines and so they um have a really hard time like letting go and i always say to girls listen if there's something that you are passionate about and you want to take action you can take action it just isn't going to be your silver award or just isn't going to be your gold award but you can still do that project and that is okay and in fact Another thing that I wanted to say, too, is um, I think that this is potentially an unpopular opinion, so buckle up. 
the journeys really help girls get experience thinking about what problems exist in their community and what actions they can, they can personally take that actually have an impact on those problems. And so it trains girls, journeys train girls to see the world in a way that helps them take action, which will help them with their high awards, in my opinion. And um, so I think that's really important too, is like do journeys, <laughs> do the journeys and get some experience. You can adapt them. They're meant to be adapted and customized. We've talked about that on this podcast a lot, but you don't have to do them word for word the way they're written. But the idea of the journeys and the point of the journeys is for girls to get experience in a bunch of different kind of topics or subject matter and to get experience taking action in their community in a bunch of different ways and in a bunch of different capacities. So that would be my two cents to add. I, I agree completely. Um, the journeys, when you think about the star one that I sh shared with the, you know, the who, the what, you know, your questions like that, a lot of times those questions are in the journeys. Mm -hmm. And so it's teaching girls to think through those questions they may not lay it out like that in the journey, but that those are the skills that they're teaching. 100%. And so many of us want to think of Girl Scout programming as badge work and um, cookies and camp. And we don't, even within the organization, um, there's a lot of rejection for journeys, I think, but, and a lot of frustration with how Girl Scouts as an organization likes to promote that that is the core program. And I just want to reiterate, like, this is the reason why that is considered the core program in this iteration of Girl Scouting. Um, and now, again, it's been like 10 years that this has been true. So it's not really new, but we do have this idea that it's super new because there are um, a lot of people who have been involved for many more than 10 years. And, and the reality is that badges are great and we can do a lot of great things with badges. And I like what they're doing with incorporating badges into journeys directly instead of having them distinctly separate. I think that that's really cool. Um, but I just want to say, like, even if you find ways to include take action projects in any given badge that you do, any given fun patch that you do, any programming that you plan, finding ways, even small take action projects, that's what's training girls for not just the mindset to be successful with the high awards, but to feel empowered to take action in their communities for the rest of their lives. It's going to encourage them in college. It's if they choose to go to college, it's going to encourage them to take action in business, no matter what field they go into um, their careers, their homes, their partnerships. If they choose to have a, a life partner, if they choose to parent, if they, you know, any of these life choices, the empowerment that comes with, knowing that they can take action in their communities and actually make a difference that all comes from take action projects journeys and then high awards so that's my soapbox do the journeys <laughs> i concur um okay so what do you think are the biggest mistakes that you see um that girls make in the high award and especially in the gold award process so i want to touch on one thing that you said about, um, especially in the silver award, when they're working in those smaller groups, um, and this is really true in the bronze award when you're working in a bigger troop, but it's, it's easier to overlook in the bronze award. It makes it more difficult in the silver award with a smaller group. 
is when you're planning your project, consider each girl's interests and skills. So just like I was talking about with bracketing for the gold award and making sure their gold award has a connection to their interest in the skills, when, when you identify a project and the girls are project planning around their silver award, they need to consider what each one is good at. And perhaps the person that is the artist works on doing flyers. Perhaps the person that is really is a really big extrovert and is really outgoing is the one that's going out in the community and asking the questions, talking to city council, doing things like that. Really consider each girl's skills. And um, when the project plan, make sure the project plan is even between those skills so that each girl truly feels like she has contributed her piece to the project and that the other girls also feel that their teammates have contributed their part to the project. Because a big piece with the silver award that a, a disconnect that I see is that you'll start with three or four girls working on this project and one drops off. What the other three girls need to do is they need to pivot and figure out if they can complete the project without that girl's piece um, and continue. And then perhaps only three of the four get the silver award. And that is a difficult decision, but it's a learning opportunity for all the girls to recognize that um, this is what it takes to do silver. And again, that's to prepare for gold. And if you lay out those expectations ahead of time, especially if you're able to divvy up duties based on girls' interests and skills, where you can really divvy up duties, it just sets the whole group up for better success. That is such a good point. And I'm so glad you touched on that because I hear volunteers talk about that a lot where they have a girl drop off or a girl hasn't shown up the same way the other girls did in a group project and what are they supposed to do about it is that one girl not going to earn the award and how do you handle that so I'm so glad that you touched on that because I do think that's an experience that so many people have yeah I hear it all the time and, and it's hard. It's hard as the troop leader to tell a girl, you're not going to earn your silver. But if you set the expectations ahead of time, you know, she, it's her responsibility. It's part of the learning process. With the gold award, well, first of all, with all highest awards, make sure you know your council's processes. <laughs> Every council is different. So don't take what's on Facebook and apply it to your troop. Um, make sure you know your council's processes. And if they're not clear from the website, reach out to the highest awards committee, reach out to the, the council person that works with highest awards and make sure that you are clear on what the expectations are so to avoid disappointment. Um, I recently had um, a girl, oh my goodness, th there was, there was, it was no one person's fault. There was multiple <laughs> things that happened to this poor girl, this poor girl. And she thought she was approved for her gold award. And she had put in 30, 40 hours worth of work in this amazing video that she created. Like everybody on the highest awards committee, when they saw the video, it's like, oh my goodness, that is so amazing. But technically she was not approved. Like the committee didn't even know this was going on. And so when she applied and we realized this, we had lots of conversations, we've worked it out um, and we're using that and have changed the project a bit. Um, 
for other reasons, which I'll go into next um, as a different issue. Um, but make sure that you know what your what the council's expectations are because you you want to avoid disappointment like that. It, it's heartbreaking for everybody involved. Uh, and can I add, I just want to interject, council and council committees, they want you and they want your girls to be successful. Nobody wants to be the one who disappoints a girl and tells her that all of her effort doesn't necessarily count um, for the award that she was going for. Nobody wants to discourage a girl. Nobody wants to break a girl's heart. Nobody wants that that's involved with Girl Scouts whatsoever. So um, don't hesitate to reach out to people, even if you think you know what the process is. But if you want to reach out to somebody who is a point of contact, either on a committee or a council staff person or whatever, um, that's involved with the process of high awards to make sure that you're on the right track and that your girls are on the right track as they're going along, that's fine. There's no like law that says you can't reach out in between formal steps. Like they're just people and they want you to be successful. So get the help. Thank you for that because it is so true. Like whenever we have something come in and it's not gold a level, like that just makes us sad. And our council right now is actually revamping um, so that um, what we're going to do is we're actually going to set up mentors so that as soon as a girl shows interest and the Atlanta council does this already, as soon as a girl shows interest, even before she's picked a project or anything else, we're going to assign her a mentor from the committee to help her through the process, to help her with some of these brainstorming tips, to help her writing her proposal, to help her with all of those other things. Cause that it's exactly true. We want to set them up for success. We, we want them to be successful. We we, we don't want this to be a negative experience. We want this to be a positive growing experience. Yeah, definitely. So a big thing that we have, that we struggle with as a highest awards committee is when a girl presents a proposal that is, it does not meet the criteria of the gold award. And there are rubrics out there. Not every council shares them, but you can Google. And there are multiple councils that have shared them publicly rubrics. And you have to make sure that you are fully explaining how you're meeting all the different pieces of the gold award. And when I say all the different pieces of the gold award, I mean that you are truly identified a root cause, that you've reached, that you've done research on your piece, that you've created a good project plan with clear steps and associated time with them that is realistic. You've created a good budget. You show who you're going to, who you plan to have on your team and your team will change as you go through the project, but you show who you plan to have on your team to begin with that you've identified how your project is going to be sustainable afterwards, how you're connecting to global impact, how you're going to measure your outcome to show that you've actually had a change based on your project. All of those different things are components of the gold award. And so many times we get um, incomplete answers to those. The girls don't really speak to what those pieces are. And that's where then we have conversations with them to, to um, flush those pieces out. Another thing that I would say, and this 
completely goes with the flushing pieces out is if your council uses it and most councils do use the gold gold online it is it got updated about 18 months ago it got updated in october of 2019 so it's mobile friendly which means that you can open it up on your phone if you've had a meet meeting with somebody you can open up in your phone and you can put your notes for that meeting in right then so that you're not forgetting and you can you if you have like high points or low points you can put notes in there so that when you are working on your project you don't forget about those pieces because so many things happen throughout your project that makes it hard and go gold i don't remember how many characters it is i think it's like three thousand characters per question that you get to use for your answer don't answer with just one or two sentences use the space available and really share your thoughts share how you came about with the ideas that you came about share what your true vision is share everything that you can think of because it's gonna make it easier to understand your project. Um, that is really one of the, the proposal is the hardest part of the Gold Award project, process. Hands down, I have rarely talked to anybody that does not agree that the proposal piece is the hardest piece, both for the girl and for the committee. Like it, it, it's, it's because it's a hurdle and and that's one reason why we're implementing mentors earlier in the process because we're trying to reduce that hurdle. We we don't want it to be so high for at our council. Um, but it is a hurdle. It is it's girls a lot of times have never written anything like this project plan that you're expected to write with the gold award. And some of the language is unfamiliar to girls at this point at their, you know, especially when they're freshmen and sophomore. The language that the Gold Award uses is not necessarily um, language that the girls are familiar with. They haven't necessarily done data measurement yet. So how are they supposed to answer how they're going to measure their project? Mm -hmm. um, and that's where, you know, we want to support them and we want to help them through that. Um, and so that's that's one of the reasons why we're changing what we're doing with um, the project. And one way to make sure that your proposal is well-written is once you've written it, have somebody who does it, not your mom, not your troop leader, mm -hmm. not your project advisor, have somebody who knows nothing about your project, read your proposal, mm -hmm. and then have them tell you what your project is. Mm -hmm. Because if, it, if, if it's not coming through in what you've written, then they can help you identify where the weaknesses are that you can improve so that when you submit it, the committee really understands what your project is. Um, this has been seriously amazing. I feel like there's really, really good information here and I hope everyone listening is feeling inspired. Um, let's close out. What do you think, and it's okay if these are reiterations, what are the, your three most important tips or keys to success for high award slash gold award? Don't give up if you struggle with the proposal. Don't be afraid to reach out to people and know that you're probably going to have to reach out to some of them multiple times and in multiple methods. If you email three times and they don't answer, pick up the phone and call them. Um, don't be afraid to try and get an answer. 
what you can remember to do is say, please just respond so I know that you've received my message. If you can't help me, that's fine, but please let me know that you've seen this. That's perfectly acceptable. I, I, I'm going to put a B on that because I thought of yeah. something. So, so okay. A is don't forget to keep going. But B, if they don't want to talk to you, if they don't have time to talk to you, ask if they have any suggestions on who you can reach out to. Yeah. Very good. And then the last thing is, is make sure to track your time and your activities as you go. Yes. <laughs> and that is true for all the projects. Yes. And just in general, it's just good practice mm -hmm. for like yep. life. <laughs> okay. I think my three are doing like knowing your counsel's process. I think that you really hit the nail on the head with that one. Know your counsel's requirements, know your counsel's process, um, because generally they're similar across the country, but you need to know what specific steps counsel is asking you. And can I, can, I'm sorry, take. can I add one um, thing to that? Because we didn't yeah. touch on this. Yeah. Because some councils yeah. are really flexible with like interview dates and deadlines and things like that. And other councils are extremely strict. So when you're planning your project, it again, besides the general stuff, it's really important to know those things too. Because if you miss one a day by one day, yeah. you may have to now wait a whole nother month. Sorry, yeah. Sarah. Yeah. No, I think that's great. Number two for me, I think, is use the journeys to practice on. So although they are distinctly different um, as far as they don't have the same requirements, you can use them to start introducing how to do some of the requirements that are included in the high awards, like measuring data, like understanding how you can measure success. That's something you can start practicing with girls, um, talking about root causes, talking about like these are all things that you can start implementing, uh, you know, piece by piece and start getting them to dip their toes in the water before they're actually trying to earn that award. And my third one is kind of ambiguous, but like start early as far as um, both start the process early, but also you want to know ahead of time for the sake of progression, what it is you're working towards. So like if you are if you have rising fourth graders, if you have third graders right now and, you, and they're going into fourth grade, then you're at the very beginning of this, right? You probably haven't looked into high awards at all. You might not even have known what they were. So at this point, don't just introduce bronze at the beginning of fourth grade, even though they then have two years to do it. Um, don't just introduce bronze, but also introduce the concept of all three. And you need to know not just what bronze looks like, but what silver looks like and what gold looks like, because that way you can start being the mentor that starts morphing or molding the girls into um, like onto this path that they can then be successful down the road. They know what the ultimate destination is that they're trying to get to. And so in, in my troop, when we introduce bronze, we also, I mean, we lead with gold. Like this is what you're ultimately trying to do is earn gold. It's the highest award any Girl Scout can earn. And here's all the benefits to earning it. And here's what is so great about the gold award. And then in order to get there, we're going to, to start here and we're going to take this path, you know, kind of like in the girl's guide, how it shows you those little, um, if you've ever looked at a girl's guide, I know not everyone buys them, but 
in the girl's guide, there is like this colorful map with all these graphics of what that age level looks like, of what the experience looks like. So for daisies, it's like petals and, um, you know, field trips and, and whatever. And, and it's all about that. And then as they get older, it's like, oh, and of course journeys. And then as you get older, like they add in, you know, bronze award and like camping and this and that. And so it's these really cute graphic designs, but it's like this map of like, choose your own adventure kind of a thing. But you see, this is what we're going to. And this is all the cool stuff we're going to do along the way. And so introducing high awards kind of like that of like, this is what we're going to. Now we get to design what that path looks like to get there together. And here's the milestones that we're going to hit along the way. And I think that's going to help you and your girls really be successful. So th those are mine. <laughs> and I think that between my tips and Cheryl's tips, I think that you really are going to be super prepared for some really high impact girl scouting. Oh, all right. Did you have anything that you wanted to add um, to wrap up? Obviously, let's let's reiterate where they can find your podcast. It's going to be linked in the description, but, um, but anything else that you want to add as well? No, I just look forward. Um, I, as Sarah said earlier, she's really passionate. I am super passionate. Again, I am so passionate about raising awareness of the gold award and recognition by others outside of Girl Scouts of how much impact the gold award has, not just on the communities, but especially on the girls, like the skills that the girls learn as they go through the gold award process are things that they are going to carry on for the rest of their life. And I really want everybody to understand how amazing those skills are. And that is why I created Hearts of Gold podcast. Yeah. And honestly, we could do an entire episode on how to spread the word and increase awareness, but your podcast is an amazing project. Um, and I'm so glad that you have it. I think one thing that, that Cheryl and I have talked about not on record is, um, how crazy it is that we've both been doing this for a couple of years and the amount of Girl Scout podcasts are just so few and far between. It's hard to find good Girl Scout content that's consistent and out there. Not that I've been the most consistent lately, but, um, but yeah, so it, please make content and put it out there and share all the amazing things that your girls are doing that you're doing because what you're doing is amazing. And um, I, this, these conversations are so good for my soul because it just reiterates everything that I love about the Girl Scouts organization, the mission, and why we do what we do and why we put all the hours into it that we put into it. Um, so thank you so much for your time again, Cheryl. And um, I'm sure you'll be back because I feel like we could both talk about Girl Scouts forever. We, we probably could talk about Girl Scouts forever. <laughs> <All> <laughs> thank right. you so much for having me. I'll talk to you soon.